When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the World of Work podcast, brought to you by the Aggie Evo System, UC Davis Athletics' one-of-a-kind initiative that focuses on preparing student-athletes for a successful launch into life after graduation. Good evening, Aggie Evo fans. If it's Thursday night, it must be time for the Aggie Evo World of Work Coffee Talk podcast, part of our ongoing effort to help Davis student-athletes better know and navigate the world of work by exposing them to a whole bunch of different jobs and letting them talk to and get to know people that are out in the field killing it. And we have a strong preference for athlete alums because those are folks that have actually done what our people are doing um, right now in the past, and they have a really good understanding of how to apply the athlete identity to the world of work. So it is not often we get something as interesting as civil engineering, but I'm very excited to welcome back former football player, UC Davis civil engineering grad and current construction project manager, Daniel Alfaro. Daniel, I should have said Daniel, Danny, Dan, what do you prefer? All right. And I'm going to say up front, um, we may get some audio issues, but we're going to persist and try to have a great conversation anyway. So good evening again. Welcome. Thanks for doing this. And my first question always to interviewees is just tell us your story and you can start wherever you want, include wherever you want, end wherever you want, and I will take it from there. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I walked onto the football team um, back in the uh, winter and spring of 2006. And uh, so I was at Davis from 2005 to 2010. Uh, like you said, civil engineering major um, and loved every minute of being at Davis playing football and, uh, in the town of Davis. All right, so let's um, let's go back. We'll start chronologically. That's always the easiest place. Tell us about growing up and what made you a football player. What made you a civil engineer? Uh, growing up, played a lot of sports. Uh, my dad played football, and uh, so I kind of followed in his footsteps. He was a quarterback uh, at Santa Clara, and um, I played football and basketball in high school. And when I was trying to pick where I wanted to go to college, um, Santa Clara dropped their football program, but he had always had big rivalry games against UC Davis and. They had had good quarterbacks and big offensive linemen. So he was like, why don't you check out Davis? And uh, I met with Coach Biggs, and and he gave he was, you know, welcoming and gave me uh, an opportunity to be a walk-on, um, which I took. And, and, you know, compared to some, you know, Pac-12 schools or whatnot, the walk-on process at Davis was um, 
winter, winter quarter and spring football. And so I got a really fair shake and was able to work hard. And, and fortunately, uh, Coach Biggs had a spot and was able to give me uh, the opportunity to make the team. So, you know, just grew up playing sports and then uh, really loved, you know, math and wanted to uh, build something, you know, played Legos as a kid. So civil engineering seemed like a good fit. Um, and then, you know, into my career, being in construction, um, felt more like active and hands-on and uh, then, then maybe being an engineer at a design firm behind a desk. So that's kind of my athletic uh, background, but also you know, how I got ultimately into the construction industry. That's a really good tie-in of two things. Athletes often want to do something active because sitting behind yep. a desk doesn't sound super fun, but it is not the, uh, the norm, I wouldn't say, for football players to be math guys who are attracted to engineering early on. When, when did you know that you had um, capacity, interest, and wanted to focus on something more technical on the STEM side of things? Grew up liking math a lot. It, it's um, you know the challenge of problem solving and getting the right answer. It's kind of a black or white. If you get the right answer, you don't. So that always kind of appealed to me. Um, and getting uh, into construction, uh, it, it's about teamwork and, and solving people that to solve the problem that you're facing. Um, so that's kind of how it ties into construction and, and just uh, why I like it so much. Uh, do you have engineers in the family? Did you know about engineering before you came to college? Uh, I had an uncle who was a civil engineer. And um, so that's kind of like, it interested me what he did. Um, and, that, and that's kind of why I probably the biggest influence in me uh, focusing on civil engineering as a major. Um, but uh, other than that, not really. Uh, the, the background of people in my family is all different kinds of fields. Um, so nothing, nothing specific, but my, my uncle did kind of give me that little window into what civil engineering might be. Yeah, it turns out having any kind of insight, any kind of connection to a field often pushes somebody in that direction. And that's why we're doing these series of interviews and podcasts and road trips and all the other things we do. Um, when you came to Davis, you declared civil engineering right off the bat or was that an exploratory process? Uh, no, right off the bat, I was pretty um, sure that that was the right like major that I wanted to pursue. Um, didn't know where that was going to take me career-wise, but but uh, yeah, right off the bat, uh, engineering was, was what I chose. There's probably a perception, this is my perception, that engineering is one of the few, uh, what I would call vocational major at Davis, meaning it's giving you very specific skills for a very specific job. So the career pathway post-graduation might be a little clearer for engineers than it would be for most folks. If, for example, there's, a, there's kind of a finite number of things that a civil engineer would do construction, infrastructure, that sort of thing. Is that accurate or did, did you feel like it was way more open than that? Um, I, th I, I do think it, it has the potential to be more open. Um, if if the, the discipline that you're in, in in civil engineering, whether it's structural engineering or um, water resources engineering or specifically civil engineering, um, any, of, any of the different disciplines under that umbrella or what you're really interested in, you're right that it really prepares you for that career path. Um, but the reason I, I feel like it is more open if, if you're looking to explore other things is because um, like in construction management, what I do now, I, I rely on it as a basis of like a point of reference. Um, it gave me a good foundation for what I would need to know in construction. But to this day, I, I rely more heavily on the people that went into uh, structural engineering or civil engineering as their careers 
um, because they do it every day and they retain it. Um, and the last thing I'd say about that is, is really like civil engineering is a challenging um, major and it gives you all the, the skills like problem solving um, and stuff that, that are relatable in, in, a, in, in, other, in other careers and professions. So it is, it is adaptable to a wide variety of jobs because it shows you can go do that and you can work really hard to understand complex topics and figure that out. Um, which is you know, applicable to any number of jobs. That's really helpful. So were there things that you did in college? Uh, back when I was in college, engineers typically did a co-op. And we used to have co-ops at Davis, but I don't think we'd have them in engineering anymore. So were there some internships along the way? Or did you grind on school, do football, and wait until you were done to really get focused on the job scene? Uh, I was fortunate. I did do an internship. Um, there's a civil engineering firm um, called Cunningham Engineering in Davis. And they, you know, they were proud alums and football fans. And so I worked there in the summers as often as I could around um, the summer practice schedule and then um, in the off season. So that was a big, um, great opportunity for me because, you know, I was able to go out to job sites, learn to work in in AutoCAD a little bit and just kind of get a window into what uh, a design firm engineering design firm career might look like um i enjoyed it definitely um but it also let me know that you know on the other side of the fence in the construction field um they would take what the civil engineers designed and then go build it right and that that appealed to me a little bit more so um that was the biggest opportunity for me to kind of see what the world of work i had in store and that's what we counsel to that one of the benefits of experiential learning is not just figuring out what you want to do, but also ruling out what you don't want to do. Not because it's terrible, but because it's not the right fit for you. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And you, you got those internships, I'm guessing, through networking. Was it through Coach Biggs or did you go out on your own? You know, I think it might have been um, either the uh, career fairs back at the time oh, or yeah. just um, kind of doing some online researching of, of civil engineering firms within the within Davis, but also like Sacramento area. Um, cause I, I was, you know, pretty focused on trying to be, um, around Davis for summer workouts and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so that was, that's what I focused on. And, I, you know, it was probably word of mouth. And then once I applied, they saw that I was on the football team and, and maybe were, um, more inclined to, to help out uh, an Aggie and a, a football player. So how did that transition through to post-grad? You've had a, a long run at one company, I noticed. But yes. tell me about the process of getting the first job. Um, well, one of my teammates, he and I, uh, Jeremy Scott, he, he and I took a lot of our civil engineering classes together. And uh, he grew up in San Diego. So he, he got an internship with a construction uh, company called Hensel Phelps down in San Diego. I think back-to-back summers, but at least one for sure. And he came back, uh, and he and I are still close to this day, but he came back from that internship and was like, construction's a lot of fun. Like we get to, we get to build the project. We're on site in a trailer, you know, we get to go out every day or, you know, multiple times a week to see progress. Um, and then like within the construction industry, it, you know, it does have a reputation for work hard, play hard, work hard, play hard. So, you know, happy hours are pretty common or, um, going to sporting events together and, and doing all that. So with his feedback of construction's really fun, um, and I had another good friend who, who did construction internships. I kind of thought it would be a good fit. Um, so when I was getting close to graduating, uh, I had a family friend in the uh, commercial real estate 
uh, industry in the Bay Area. And I just asked him, like, if I was to try to get into construction, you know, what are the companies or the people that I should go and talk to to get advice or if they see what opportunities are out there? And he uh, he pointed me to DEFCON Construction in the Bay Area. And so I, I reached out to them and got an interview. Um, and there was some, uh, there are, it feels like a small world, but there was family connections with some of the people that worked at DEFCON. Um, but I interviewed there and just said, Hey, I don't have a lot of construction experience. Um, but I, I played football. I did civil engineering and I feel like I can learn really quickly, uh, what I need to do to succeed within the construction field. And, um, our company does like to hire uh, athletes and, um, you don't necessarily have to have had internships in construction or have taken a construction management program at say either Cal Poly or, or Chico or Santa Clara or whatnot. But um, like I said, they like to hire athletes from any, any kind of uh, major because um, if you can problem solve and if you can work hard, um, you can succeed in construction. So that, that's kind of a short version of how I went from being a civil engineering major to getting a job at DEF CON. And I'm, I'll be at DEF CON uh, for 13 years this July. That's extraordinary in your generation to stay at one place so long. Um, any particular reason why? Uh, that's a good question. And I think it, it's something that uh, all grads or soon to be grads should think about throughout their college uh, stay is um, the size of the company, the culture of the company, um, what what is going to suit your personality and, and the things you're looking for. Because uh, I feel like I got super lucky in finding um, a perfect fit. Um, we are the large, DevCon is the largest general contractor in the Bay Area, and we have been for like 20 years running. Um, we build stuff like the Levi Stadium for the 49ers, uh, Earthquakes uh, Soccer Stadium in San Jose. We build buildings for Google, Apple. Um, there's a laundry list, Stanford, Santa Clara University. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's a large company, but it, it's a very, um, in terms of sheer numbers of employees, it, it's a small to medium sized company, um, whereas we're not a, a national firm that has thousands of employees across the U.S. There's 500 employees in five different offices in the Bay Area. Um, oh, wow. So it, it kind of satisfies this um, really cool. I get to work on really cool big projects. Um, very unique um, that you might not get at, at, at other companies, but it feels like a small, close-knit family type company still. Um, and there's a lot of loyalty and a lot of good people that I get along with. So um, that's why I feel like I got really lucky and I've been able to stay at one company my whole career so far. So good culture that fits you well and opportunities for advancement. Obviously you've moved up and your title has changed over the years. Correct. Correct. So tell me now, but let's cut to the chase. What is your day job title now and what does a day look like? And I know there's probably not an ideal normal day, but gives us some examples of what you do. Um, So I'm a senior project manager um, and day to day, um, as a general contractor and being a project manager at a general contracting firm, uh, we oversee like the life cycle, life cycle of a project. So, um, the project I'm currently on is a, a large, um, life science development in Redwood city, right near downtown Redwood city. And so we have three buildings that are four stories above grade and two levels below grade, um, parking. And so, Right now, we're trying to dig basements and we have shoring walls um, so that we can pour concrete for the below grade parking. 
Um, and so just monitoring the progress of that, that construction sequence while also managing the cost and the overall schedule of the project. Um, so there's a lot of go that goes into that day-to-day um, from managing, uh, you know, problem solving, you know, if there's clashes or unresolved coordination that needs to happen, we'll schedule meetings or, or whatnot to try to solve those problems so that when we get to building it, we're building something accurately. And I'm sure that is not a lot of fun right now with historic levels of rain trashing all of your hard work. Uh, yeah, it has been difficult. Uh, we have two um, big pits right now that are filling with water. So we're constantly battling uh, dewatering them and pumping the water out of the holes uh, so that we can dig deeper and handling uh, muddy soil is much more difficult than handling dry soil. So yeah, the weather hasn't made it uh, smooth sailing, but um, we'll get through it. So I, I've seen some things lately suggesting that project management is going to be one of the career fields that uh, has the greatest growth, is the most resistant to automation and replacement by robots or offshoring, and is generally something that everybody should be thinking about. You kind of uh, did a really beautiful short summary of what a project manager is, but um, it, could you maybe revisit that and describe in broad terms, what are the responsibilities of a project manager? What makes you good at it? Um, I think the, the responsibilities are, uh, because we're in charge of overseeing the whole project, um, the owner or the client comes to us to hire all the different subcontractors from the concrete sub, uh, to the steel sub, to the window sub, to the, to the roofing sub. And, uh, I kind of tell, uh, younger people that I train on my teams, like if everybody was really good at their jobs, we'd be out of a job. Right. So it's trying to organize uh, different groups of people, different subcontractors together who all have their own you know, interests. Right. They all want to go and get their job done and get out of there, make their money and leave. Um, so they're, you know, they're always jockeying for position on a job site or blaming the other or whatnot. And our job is to holistically manage the whole life cycle of that construction project um, to get it done efficiently, to solve problems. And the whole goal is to to get the project done on, on schedule and under budget. Um, and so we're kind of, you know, the middleman saying, I know you think this is right. I know you think this is right, but we're going to get in a room and, and coordinate this and figure out the solution that works for everybody. So you have so, to be able to keep multiple tasks managed, but it sounds like being a facilitator is really one of the most important yeah, skills. I would agree that the facilitating is a good way to describe it because it's, um, every problem that you come across is, is different and you're just relying on past experience to say, I did it here and we had a good result and I did this at this other problem and it had a good result. And I'm going to kind of blend the two and, and try to find the correct, um, solution for this unique problem that I've never seen before. Wow. That's really well said. Okay. So that, that's a pretty good transition to what is it about being a, a football player? What are the skills that you acquired or the things you developed um, about football and specific to your position that have made you successful? I think, uh, and it's brought, it's, it's for applies to all student athletes. I think there's a discipline needed to be at a school like UC Davis that, you know, uh, requires a lot to be, um, to get good grades, right? It's a tough school. It's a good school uh, academically. Um, but then you also, you always need to be disciplined to, to be the best athlete and to improve. Right. So, um, I just think 
the discipline needed to wake up every day, go to practice, go to class, get your stuff done, um, and be successful at that really prepares you well, um, in the workforce. Um, it, you don't, you're not often surprised or you're not often, um, being challenged more than you were when you were in school, um, being an athlete and, and, uh, being a student athlete. So that's one thing is just the discipline you learn. And then the other thing I think is, um, I think athletes are used to, as they're going through their careers, um, getting a healthy dose of constructive criticism. Like if you're not trying to improve and your coaches aren't challenging you to improve, then, I mean, that's the whole goal is, is to get everybody to improve, uh, individually and together for the good of the team. And I think that makes for good employees, uh, across all fields. Right. Um, athletes aren't really, uh, as sensitive, um, and are, are receptive to like, Hey, I could do better at this. Or if I'm going to improve, I got to focus on these things that are my weaknesses. So I just think, um, being realistic about, uh, weaknesses and then opportunities for improvement, um, you know, come across in the workforce from student athletes. I think that coachability aspect is really underrated, but is a thing that folks really appreciate about former athletes. Um, anything specific to your position? Because one of the things we try to teach athletes is to find the skills that make them effective at their role on the field or in the pool or on the court, and then find a way to make those transferable to the workplace. Um, I think, like you said earlier, being a facilitator, um, you know, when you're, when you're on the team and if you're, you know, whether you're a captain or just a leader within your position group or whatnot, like you're always trying to coordinate, um, either within a play or within practice or whatnot to, to improve. And, and some of that in, in the work, in the workforce, you're trying to bring people together to problem solve and, and be a part of a team, um, to achieve what the goal is. Right. So when you're, when you're on a project, um, in construction, you got to rely on a whole bunch of other people to do what they're good at to get the result that we're all looking for. So it's, it's putting people in the right position um, to get the job done. Well said. Okay. Um, heading towards my last series of questions. You've been out of college long enough now to reflect a little mm -hmm. bit. Is there anything that you know now based on your very successful career that would make you give some advice to your 18 year old self? What should you have done differently? Should you have taken a different approach to anything different ways you should have taken advantage of your time at Davis? I think I, I have thought about this um, before a good amount. And it's like Shields Library is a massive, you know, library on campus that has so many different resources. Um, it, I would have spent more time in there just kind of like being curious and, and pulling books on the shelf and reading them. Um, like I still think about like how many books are in there that, that I would have been fascinated by to learn about history or art or, or whatever it may be. Um, and similar to that, maybe being more adventurous with some of the elective classes I took, you know, not, not necessarily worried just about having, you know, the right amount of units per quarter or getting certain grades or whatnot. Um, but just kind of expanding my horizons in terms of, of different classes I may have, may have been interested in, or I've been really, uh, excited to see like the football team restructure spring football. So guys can go abroad, stuff like that. I didn't go on a, a semester abroad or whatnot. So those are a few of the things that I wish um, maybe I had explored or taken more advantage of while I was at Davis. I can't tell you how cool it is to hear a former athlete say, I wish I'd had more intellectual curiosity and read more books. 
That's yeah. brilliant advice. Um, as life does get busy, once you become a working professional, as you said, it's never going to be as hard as it was in your athlete life. But when you're out of school, it can be a little harder to really stay intellectually curious and continue your don- right. own reading and professional development. Right, right. And I, I've given this advice to my younger siblings or to coworkers, you know, or people I know that are about to graduate college. Like when you're in college, you may not have any money, but you have a ton of time. And then when you get into the workforce, you may have a little bit more money, but your time really dwindles. So like, <laughs> you know, if, if it's, if it's utilizing that free time you have as a, as a college student or right after college, go do something, um, you know, in the world that interests you, uh, you, you don't get that time back or it's, it's more difficult to carve out that time. Um, and you know, the money part figures itself out if you, if you get a good job and um, down the line, you know, money becomes less of an issue. Sage advice, Mr. Alfaro. Um, well, I hope we can continue to rely on you as a resource if athletes have interest in civil engineering, construction management. Are you okay with folks reaching out? Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, they can go through you or look up DEFCON and, and find my contact info. Um, I'm always more than eager to help out fellow Aggies. Um, so definitely reach out if, if you're interested. And it doesn't have to be somebody in the civil engineering field or, you know, that's super interested in construction. I, I do, like you were saying earlier, um, it's great advice to go out and try to discover what you're interested in, what type of work cultures that suit you best. And you might get that advice from, from me, even though you're not looking to go into construction or somebody else in a different field. That's terrific. Well, we appreciate your willingness to give back and to share some of your stories with us. Daniel Alfaro, construction management ninja moving well along in his career applying all of those football skills thank you for your time my friend and because of the time cap this does end this week's recording of the aggie evo world of work coffee talk podcast thanks for listening to the world of work podcast if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe and forward this to a friend the preceding has been a learfield img college presentation 